Hello and welcome to Need a Go. Need a Go is a podcast meant to help you take your learning on the go. Our goal is to support administrators, tech coordinators, educators, and just anyone in their learning journey. So whether you are at home, work, the gym, or on your commute, we are glad you're joining us. Now for the latest episode of Need a Go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Need a Go podcast. Um, those of you that are listening kind of live or recent um, here in Nebraska, we're pretty much knee deep and in going into the school year. And so this podcast, I think, really fits some of our routines and procedures and opportunities to continue our learning. So this month, we're going to focus on the upcoming NIDA and ATP book study. Um, today, I am honored to have Inclusive Learning 365 authors joining me, Beth Post and Karen Janowski. They are both um, authors of this book study or this book and are going to support the book study that's coming up here, um, again, sponsored by Nita and ATP. So ladies, I'm super glad to have you join. I'm excited to talk about this book study and what participants can can learn, can benefit from, and those types of things. I, I've always been a fan of collaboration um, because you can share ideas and perspectives. But when you're sorting through um, a book or in this case, strategies together, I think um, having that opportunity to collaborate and connect helps you um, create more of an idea pool with that collaboration and kind of share how you're doing things. So welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. We are excited to be here too. And I couldn't agree more. Um, I love being a part of a book study, you know, when I'm a participant in a book study also, because um, when you're reading something together with other people, they are likely to mention things that you maybe hadn't thought of or to um, shine a light on something in a different way than you were thinking. So I'm excited yeah. for everybody to participate in this. And same here, Heather and Beth. It just uh, It's really going to be great to have this opportunity to grow together, to learn from each other, and just to share and collaborate. Super excited. I do have a few questions that we can kind of go from um, throughout the book study, but I think the main goal here is to help listeners understand what they can benefit from being part of the study, um, kind of talk about, you know, what if I miss a month or what if I miss an opportunity? How can I stay connected and those types of things? So the first thing I think I want to talk about is um, what I notice when I first uh, see the book is the inclusive mindset approach. Can one of you describe this statement and how it fits with the strategies that are shared throughout the book? Absolutely. It's um, it's all, first of all, it's important to define what we believe inclusion is. And, we, you know, because a lot of people define it in a variety of ways, but our approach is inclusion is the fight against exclusion. It's the absence of exclusion. So when we think about instructional methods, are the instructional methods that we're using with our learners, are they inclusive? Do they reach all learners? Or are there some learners who we have left out? And so the idea of adopting an inclusive mindset really takes you from um, changing your, you know, I'm reading, um, I'm 
teaching to the the average, because we also believe in the myth of average, but we're teaching to all learners, regardless of their, their strengths or areas to strengthen. We are recognizing that there are learner variabilities, and so we want to approach our instruction with an inclusive mindset at the forefront. And, and to go along with that, that, that whole idea of an inclusive mindset is the idea that um, the differences between students can be viewed as strengths, right? Like oh, that we yes. can celebrate the strengths. Um, we can celebrate those differences that students bring to us. Um, so whether it is differences in um, the way that they learn, whether it's differences um, based on culture, um, whether it's differences based on language, that these are all things that instead of looking at as something to overcome, in a classroom or in a school setting, that these are things that educators together, um, when you have an inclusive mindset, look at as a way of enriching everyone's learning. I couldn't agree more with that. I always reference things like when I share um, like text-to-speech tools with teachers, for example, as a strategy, I always think about how helpful that is to me um, as a writer, whether it's through an email, whether I'm writing a letter, whether I'm, you know, writing a grant or something, you read the content the way you want it to be, the way you assume it is, or the way you want it to be presented. But sometimes just having that read to you um, gives you that perspective and helps you evaluate what you have as far as content. So I that's kind of my comparison to those kind of things, that there's oh, yeah. strategies for everybody and everybody can use those. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go on to the next question. Um, I think one of, or we kind of briefly talked about this before we started recording, but what would be the one goal you would have for participants um, of this book study? Well, well, I'll go ahead and start with that question. My goal personally is that the folks that are participating in this book study are going to feel like they are coming together as a community of learners, right? As a professional learning community where they're going to have the opportunity to learn from each other with a commitment to this theme of um, developing an inclusive mindset or broadening your inclusive mindset and gaining um, new ideas and new skills um, as a result of participating in it. But the overarching the overarching um, goal for me would be that we are developing a professional learning community that um, is going to be able to have everyone learning from each other. Can't agree more. That's great, Beth. And, and the other thing too is that, that this community of practice, this collaborative group will start to think and challenge each other and, and cause each other to reflect on what they're learning and what they're implementing so that, again, they will um, be supporting each other through the book study and through the developing an inclusive mindset process and designing inclusively. So it's that whole collaboration, the reflection, the, you know, just um, networking together and learning from each other. Awesome. You know, one of the things I know um, participants can join that are outside of NIDA, but one of the things I think of is 
you know, some of our schools operate in PLCs and you've got the common grade levels, the common subject areas right within your building or right within your district. But there are some singletons, you know, across the state in different areas in those smaller schools. And so this just gives one more reason to connect and collaborate. And like you said, create that professional learning community together um, for those people that may not always have that extra person right next door to collaborate with and share strategies with. So I think that's another layer that that kind of fits right within what you were saying. And we hope they feel empowered to go back and be change agents in their own buildings and in their own districts, because our, you know, the concept that the whole idea behind this book is that this is a book that can reach every educator to help every educator, no matter who is in their classroom, to um, to design in a way that includes everyone. So they may be the solitary person doing the book study in their district, but we hope that they will take back and be a real change agent in their uh, in their own school buildings and, and in their own district. Absolutely. So speaking of that collaboration, um, one of the things we kind of briefly talked about before we started recording was, you know, how would you describe this opportunity um, for those that are considering the book study in regards to the timeline, I know um, if you go to the NIDA website, we have the registration link there. And if you glance at it, you see that we start on Thursday, September 29th um, and continue every Thursday until May 18th. So um, as far as that timeline, what um, would you tell those uh, teachers or administrators or um anyone in education that would be looking to gain more strategies, what would you tell them about this timeline and how it would be helpful, beneficial, um, and what they can expect throughout that nine months? It's a great question, Heather. And uh, on the surface, it might appear to be overwhelming, but we're hoping by meeting monthly that we can help educators develop the routine and the habit of designing inclusively through a return to the book. One of the things to understand about the way that the, the book is published is it's not a book you read cover to cover. You read the beginning, the introduction, the whole um, idea about designing universally and inclusively. And then after that, there's a ed tech strategy for every day of the year. So you open it up to a strategy. Every page is a different strategy. So it's not something to be consumed in one week or one month. It's something that you keep going back over because the book is um, divided into nine different areas, which coincide with that nine months of um, book study through the whole course of the school year. It's a whole point of developing the habit and the routine of, oh yeah, let me reflect again. What did I try? What strategies did I implement? How did it work? Let's collaborate together and, and share what we learned. And yeah, and just to, to tag onto that, I think it lends itself so nicely to this once a month meeting because it's in, the book's intended to dip in and out of. Yeah. Um, it's, you yeah. know, you're not going to like lose your place and, and be like, oh, I don't remember what I was reading about um, mm -hmm. because you'll be able to just, you know, OK, well, we're going to be looking at, um, you know, section two this month in in the book, um, which is, you know, reading strategies, for example. Um, and you'll you don't have to read every single page um, and digest every single page. You might flip through and choose. We 
choose five pages to read. Maybe that month you've got a lot of extra time and you're, and this is, and you're a reading specialist and you're like, I need every single piece, um, you know, from, from this section of the book. But we also know that educators right now um, don't have a lot of extra time. Class sizes are um, at risk of being really large because we know there's teacher shortages. Teachers are being asked to do more and more um, without um, additional time added to their day. We haven't figured out how to make a 30-hour day yet, still 24 hours only. Um, and so I think educators should feel like comfortable knowing that this is not going to be the type of book study where if they haven't read um, exactly the same thing that everybody else has read that they're going to feel out of the loop. Um, it's going to be very easy for folks to dip in and out and find the pages and find the content that's most meaningful to them. I, I really like that. That gets me super excited because I feel like sometimes when you want to implement strategies and you're on a short timeline, you might struggle because it might not fit in your content. It may not fit where you're at in your curriculum, may not fit in your calendar, just different days. And so it does give teachers the flexibility, like you said, to not only dip in and out of the book, but to try a strategy and then step away, evaluate the pros, what went well, what didn't go well, how you can enhance that, um, you know, overall in your classroom, but even gives you that opportunity to dig a little deeper and see, you know, maybe that strategy fits well with a specific group of students better than an entire class and that type of thing. So I think it provides that flexibility to try and try again. Um, and give multiple attempts at, at trying it, just like we um, want for our students with the multiple attempts to show success and proficiency. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we're all on the same page. We all want the best for our learners. I know. I know. Okay, so I think the next question is probably one of my favorites. As a tech integrationist, you know, um, I've seen um, tools come and go. But I love how um, your the focus of this book is is strategies. And although you're using the tool, you're also making strategies come to the forefront. So, um, do either of you have a current favorite tool you like to share promote? Well, when I saw this question, I was like, oh, I could talk about this one, and oh, I could talk about that one. And then I was like, mm, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Because what I'm going to say, and, and we do, you're exactly right on the money. We really emphasize it's not the tool, it's the strategy. But we know that there's tools and we know that we've got tools that we all love. But what I'm going to tell the listeners here is my favorite tool is the tool that you are the most comfortable with and that you like to use the most. There's a great quote from Caroline Musselwhite and she talks about, who's a fabulous educator, she talks about dance with the partner you came with. Like, you know, there's always, it's always tempting to go after that new shiny ball. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes when we take the tools that we're already comfortable with and we dig deeper and we look at how those tools, because if it's an effective tool that you've actually been using for a while, chances are it is going to be a tool that lends itself to the inclusive classroom, right? So this can be that opportunity to dive deep and look at the features of that tool and what makes it inclusive and to look at strategies that you can use um, to really um, make that 
an effective learning resource for your students. So yeah, I'm not going to tell you my favorite tool. I love it. (laughs) And I'll build off of what Beth said as well. uh, Because again, it's the features of the tools Mm -hmm. that are really the most important thing. And whatever, you know, the the feature is part, there's a great strategy in the book. It's strategy three, and it's called, it's reviewing learning materials for accessibility prior to implementation. So whatever tool you use, ensure that it offers flexibility, it offers choice, it offers ability to be translated into multiple languages because you might have multilingual learners. You want you just so you just want to identify some. Does it offer read aloud features? Does it offer audio recording features? Because those are some of the inclusively designed features that we um that we really need to consider when we're designing for all learners. But you know what? I do have to. Can I mention one tool, Beth? Of course. I've got favorite tools. I mean, there are so many tools, but one of the tools that I like to recommend because it includes so many inclusive features and it offers the strategies of ensuring choice, ensuring, ensuring accessibility and ensure that it does reach all learners through the multi um, lingu- multi-language capabilities. But can you guess what it is, Heather, by any chance? One, it's called Book Creator. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, I know what she's going for. (laughs) I know what you knew. I knew you knew it, Beth. Yeah. Book Creator is something to look into. And we do include it in a number of strategies throughout the book. And and there are a number of tools that we recommend throughout the book, you know, aligned with strategies. But um. Book Creator is one of the more inclusively, you know, they really have thought out how to be accessible to all and how to be inclusive to all. Heather, how about you? I would agree with Book Creator. Um, I'm kind of a big fan of Flip, formerly Flipgrid, with the um, immersive reader capability Mm -hmm. there. You know, you want to be on camera, you don't have to be on camera, that type of thing. Um, I'm big into, I'm big into video. Yeah. Yeah, for those features. Um, one of the other ones I've kind of dabbled into that I really like that I think provides, like I mentioned earlier, how sometimes you want, you read your, when you reread your emails or you reread your text, you read it as you want it to be presented. Um, and I've been digging in and using a lot of moat. Are you familiar with the moat mm-hmm. tool? I am not. That's a new tool for me. So it's, oh, yeah. it's more like audio recordings and I've been using that because I do a lot of it, like this time of year, I feel like I explain a lot of things to teachers and go over things. And you can type step-by-step instructions in an email or on a Google Doc or that type of thing. But I think the extra layer to help people understand and grasp something, whether it's a student or an adult learner, is to record your voice and let them hear your tone and what you're emphasizing and where you're at with things. Because I think it gives them that level of comfort hearing your voice. And so take that a step further. Um, I'm really a fan of that kind of tool because you can add moat uh, recordings to like students in student um, fee- for student feedback in Google Classroom and Google Docs and that type of thing. And so it's better than just writing good job, but they can hear you say that and hear the enthusiasm and it just reaches that student on a whole different level, I guess. So that's kind of where I'm at with that tool. Um, it does give you a transcript of what you recorded to on that. So that's kind of, those are a couple that I'm digging into and I'm excited to 
um, dig into some of the strategies in the book too, and see how a tool like that can fit. Um, and Heather, we, we do, we do mention moat in the book. And the other thing too, is what you're doing is you're empowering the learner through that audio recording, whether it's an audio or a video recording, you're empowering them, like you said, to hear the tone of voice, to hear the enthusiasm, but also when you consider screencasts, which is another really effective instructional option, uh -huh. we're empowering learners to like pause. I need to see that again. I didn't understand that. So they're, we're empowering them for the strategy of success and independence because we are equipping them with, with, the, um, with the tools that will help them to be in control of their own learning. And 100%. I just wanted to point out, like when you were, you were like talking about a tool, but what you were really talking about, Heather, was the strategy of providing voiced feedback, right? Like mm -hmm. voice, yeah. um, the strategy of how intonation and phrasing and all of that can support learning. Um, and so that's exactly the approach. So we would have like, you know, if we were writing a strategy on that, it would have been, you know, um, using voice and intonation in order to support um, learner comprehension and then would have given some inclusive reasons, you know, given a, a brief explanation of what the strategy and some inclusive reasons for using that and then have listed like Moat and some other tools that could do that. So that's exactly the approach that we have. It's not like, oh, this is a really cool tool and I love the way it can do this, that or the other. It's like I can use it to support learners in this way. Um, and that's really, that's really getting to the heart of what our mission was in writing this book. Perfect. We've probably already covered a little bit of my last question because it kind of went off on, like you said, exactly what the strategies mean and how they're connected to these tools. Um, before we close out, um, first of all, I will say that if you are interested in participating in the book study on the NIDA website, um, you will see the link to register. You will also see the link um, for the specific Thursday meeting dates and all that information. Um, it, again, it does start on the 29th of September on that Thursday and concludes on Thursday, May 18th. And just like um, Karen and Beth mentioned, we totally understand the ins and outs of the schedules um, and items that teachers have going on throughout the year. So if you look at those meeting dates and feel like, oh my gosh, I can only participate in two or three or four of them, that should not um, negate your opportunity to participate because the strategies, like you said, you can kind of jump in and jump out. Um, and then just jumping in on Zooms when you can is going to give you an extra layer of collaboration um, and community um, with the experience. So if you have questions about that, please reach out um, to someone on the board, uh, myself, I'm happy to answer any questions or guide you to those that can answer those questions. So with that being said, Karen and Beth, is there anything else you'd like to share or mention regarding the book, the learning opportunity, or anything else that you think would benefit uh, listeners today? Yeah, just one. I wanted to share one last thing for anybody that's considering um, being part of the book study. There is going to be a discount for the book that's available anytime anybody decides, you know, for the NIDA members or for the folks that are participating in this um, and that I think is 20 percent off. But right now, if anybody's thinking, listening to this and going, oh, I think I really need to get this book, even if I'm not sure whether I can join this book study or not right now through September 6th. All ISTE books 
right? All Listy books are 40% off the um, list non-member price. So if you go to the ISTE website, to um, ISTE.org, and you go to the um, to the bookstore website, from that, you will be able to get 40% off of the book, which is a great deal. Um, and it's through September 6th. So if you're thinking about doing the book study, even if you're not sure, this is a great opportunity to get the book at a really good price. Perfect. Good tip. Great tip. And just one thing I would um, add is think about your, the last year of teaching. Were you, just reflect back on what, what this last year looked like and not, not the trauma of COVID and all of that, but just think in terms of all the learners you had in your, in your classrooms. Did you reach every learner every day? And of course not. That would be, you know, it, it's a real challenge, but we hope through um, through giving you this book, facilitating this book study, that you will think in new ways and come up with with some new strategies of how you can reach every learner in your in your classroom in this new school year. We want to empower you for success while we're empowering our learners for success and independence as well. And we're really excited about um, facilitating this whole process and learning with you. Well, thank you both very much for joining us. I know your schedules are crazy busy like the rest of us and your information and enthusiasm um, for participation, um, your knowledge um, today has been wonderful. And I look forward to what you have to share and what you can um, help others learn um, to be better together and, and grow in the learning process as we all work to improve our practice. So again, thank you for joining us on the NIDA podcast and we look forward to the book study. Thank you for having us. We're looking thank forward you. to it also. Thanks, Heather. I love that. Let's be better together. Yeah.